Does everyone find your seat? And we'll find our book and turn to page 133. 133. I feel like traveling on. We're in the last days of September 2021. Mercy. Don't even uh, feel real as far as the numbers go, but it is real. <laughs> as far as man's calendar, I'm glad God don't go always by man's calendar or numbers. Man, I add and subtract. God multiplies. It just don't do math like we do. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> I feel like traveling on with feeling. See that up there? All right.
get up and, on Monday morning or something. <laughs> Page 52. Jesus, hold my hand. I don't know if I ever sang this song right, but I, I just kind of sang it along like I heard it when I was coming up in church. And I don't think it's quite correct as far as the parts, but I, I sang it. Main thing is sing the song. Yeah. Amen. Sing it. Just try to stay there. Okay.
not forsake us. Page number 12. Page number 12. When I was younger in church, uh, I would see older people. Uh, some of them gray-haired, you know, and I would think, will I ever live to be like that? As far as long, you know. That on the one hand, you know, they would say, be ready, the Lord's coming. You know, and then these older ones started going one by one, and they were gone. And uh, time is moving on. You know, even the younger ones, you know, they think, oh, I'm bored, or whatever they say nowadays. You know, you live long enough, you'll see, you'll be able to look back. Yeah. And it'll be further back there yeah. than forward. That's when you better, you better get, you better do what the scripture says. Remember now the Creator in the days of your youth. That's the best way. So, Remember the Creator. One day, we're going to fly out of here. Yes. I want to make sure I'm ready. Morning, noon, or night. It don't matter. It don't matter. Oh, yes, if we could have our wish, we don't get wish like that. No. The greatest thing that God has granted to us is enough time to get ready. Right. To be ready to fly away. When he calls, I want to fly away. Amen? Amen. Let's sing.
sing one more. Thank you, What's that number? 333? 333. There's something about a Christian hymn. It'll do for you, so nothing else will. I'm glad we have songs, hymns, and psalms, and praises to sing. Amen. <clears throat> Men that have gone before us went through the squeezes and things of life and come out with these songs of victory. It's, it's wonderful. Amen. I'll fly away. Yes. I like flying.
was that long flight of ours, thank you. You leather arm singer. Didn't even have a microphone, I don't think. It could go. How's your song? Amen. <laughs> Is it oh me? Or amen? Do you get up in the morning one one kind of a comedian fellow, he said, Do you get up in the morning and say, I don't say this. Good Lord, morning. Or do you say, Good morning, Lord? Right. Amen. What's your first words? You don't have a prayer request, okay? Say during the service this morning, I didn't just stand up and say it, I guess, but you know, it seemed like this morning we were so. Quiet. My sister in law, I remember when we used to sing together, we'd sing that God rides on the water, He rides on the flood, and ain't no power in hell gonna stop God's winds of love. And we'd sing and she'd play it and get carried away. She can't do it right now. She can't come to church. She's not see you. Got to breathe in something. Oh. So please, please remember that family. They're so talented. Oh, and the son and the daughter, they have COVID too. And uh, just pray for them. Please pray for them. And uh, Brother Robert, uh, I have a brother in this hospital in, in Chandler. He's in St. Joseph's side. Uh, he's in progressive care. He's been moved.
home yesterday working and somebody drove up. I didn't even, the dog barked. I didn't even see who it was. I was down working and I just kind of raised my eyes up. It was Chris from down the road. And uh, he's the same age as Sam. He's 28, I think he said. And uh, <clears throat> so he's had a rough life. Oh, my goodness. But he, he looked better than he had uh, in a long time. And uh, I said, you know where church is? You always have an invitation. He said, yeah, I just rode by there. He's a tree trimmer, tree climber, kind of a guy, you know. He said, I saw that tree and some of the limbs that fell over. I said, yeah. I said, he said, call me if you need me. He gave me his cell phone number. I said, remember, need to come to church. Need to know the Lord. Right. And so please, please pray for Chris. He's uh, <clears throat> all right. Yes, and Elizabeth and the little ones. Good to see you. Grandpa. <laughs> uh, always good to see him. I see him going down the dirt road and I wave, you know. <laughs> there goes that war man. <laughs> good to see you. Let's find a place to pray. That's the Lord of Heaven's and your questions.
big is your God? Huh? See a little God? Well, you know how you can tell how much you think about the Lord? How big of problems are you giving to Him? Huh? I've heard some people say, yeah, but in other words, like, I don't know if He can handle that. He can handle it. He can handle all things. Amen. I appreciate the Lord. Uh, it's good seeing Jim and Barbara. And uh, every once in a while we bump into them out there, round and about. But it's good to see them here again this, this evening. Um, Brother Robert, back there, why don't you come and receive our offering for us here tonight? Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you once again for this opportunity to gather in your house and in your name. We ask that you bless us all and bless us first. And all these things we ask in your mighty name. Amen. Thank the Lord. Amen. Well, it's been a good day in the Lord, and it's not over yet. And I do feel the Spirit of the Lord here tonight wanting to help us. We just need to reach out, see what the Lord has for us. Uh, I don't know about you, but um, even today, I kind of, it's the first time since, I guess, the COVID had hit that we, uh, Teresa and I went and uh, went back over to the Went back over to the buffet. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Wow. I just piled too much food on my plate. <laughs> and uh, when I was a younger boy, I had to scrap a little bit with my older brothers to get enough to eat. Seemed like I was always hungry, you know. But when I came to the table, I was looking for something. You're at the Lord's table. What are you looking for tonight? Have you come expecting the Lord to move, to answer prayer? Are you needing a special word? I'm going to tell you something. The Lord is able to do that. Uh, I was mentioning in Sunday school class this morning about uh, there were times Teresa and I really were needing something special from the Lord, a special word. And a preacher would get up, and I don't even remember what the message was about, but in there, just a little phrase would come out. And I remember one particular time, we, Teresa and I had talked about it before we'd come to service, and we looked at each other like, that was for us. Huh? God still speaks to His people. God's still able to help. So here this evening, let's look up. Let's look unto Him. He wants to help us here tonight. All right. I appreciate the Lord. I appreciate my nanny and papa. They, uh, they, take, they took care of me whenever my mom and dad couldn't or whenever they, they, they decided not to. You know, they didn't have to take me in, but they did. When I was young, actually, they probably raised me my entire life. I was on and off with, with them and my mom and dad. My mom and dad, they both went to jail, so we came up here. And I was thinking, you know, that the Lord didn't want me to live down there and all that. So he made a way out for me. And the way out was my nanny and papa. And they didn't have to take me in. You know, they already raised their kids, and now they got grandkids. And I really appreciate that. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have been in Brooklyn. I wouldn't have met none of y'all. I wouldn't have had my wife. I wouldn't have had my five kids. You know, we just think about all these different things that happen. And I'm really thankful for them. I'm thankful for the Lord. I'm thinking today about 
uh, living on top of a mountaintop. You know, we yeah. all live on top of the mountaintops. And I believe one day when we get to heaven, we're going to always be on that mountaintop. But right now, you know, we're always not on the mountaintop. But I love living on those mountaintops. And I've come to appreciate the valleys in life. I know Brother Jeff talks yes. about that. And uh, but you know, I was thinking it's, uh, it's it's easy to worship God. It's easy to be nice to your family. It's easy to be nice to your wife and kids when you're up on that mountain. But when you're in the valley, right, it's not so easy. So it's really important that we act the same way whether we're in the mountain right. or the valley. Right, we want right. to be the same person. Yeah. Whether we're in the valley, we want to be good to our children, good to our wives, good to our everything. Right, good to our our, our, our folks out in the town who aren't saved. Right, we need to be that good person. I know we go through spiritual battles. We all do. And I was talking to Ryan today about uh, some spiritual battles and like us fighting. And I was, thinking, I was talking about um, like real fighters. Like there's, there's some backyard leagues where they just fight out in the backyard for money. And then you go up to like an amateur level of fighting. And then there's like a semi-pro level of fighting. And then there's professional fighting. And those dudes get paid big bucks just to beat people up. And But I was thinking, the, the, the thing about that is, you know, they're in a battle, but even those pro fighters, even those professional fighters get knocked out. Oh, and yeah. what they got to do is they got to get back up, right, and keep going. Right. Keep battling. And it's a different battle. They're obviously not battling the same way we are, but, but keep battling. And the easiest way for us to battle, the easiest, easiest, easy, easier way for us to get through, right, is to worship God. Yeah. A lot of us, we're fighting battles, right, we're losing a battle that's already been won, right? right. We started on the cross, but we're still yeah. fighting those battles, and we're losing, right? And a lot of times it's because we're living in the valley, but we're not acting like as if we're living on the mountain. Right. So if we'll be in that valley and be acting like we live on the mountain and worship and praise God, we can make it through. He's already promised us. That's right. Amen. Help Jesus. <laughs>
think you'd see that? When they were, when you was raising them, did you ever think that? Huh? Huh? Well, we're so glad God is able to reach down and touch us, help us. And uh, I, I do appreciate the praise here this evening of us. We need to be praising God. Amen. We need to lift up our voices. But, uh, you know, I, I just want to remind us that what we call worship times, times is more than just raising our hands. Yeah. It's the walking yes. and the talking. That's part of our worship too. When we leave these doors and we go out there, that's part of our worship. Yeah. How we walk and how we talk. And I appreciate the Lord so very much. Uh, I asked Brother Dodd to preach for us here tonight. And uh, if you haven't heard him, I think you will thoroughly enjoy him. Uh, now, he's a preacher. And he knows how to preach. And I appreciate him. And uh, when he first come, I just asked him to testify and all that. Because I didn't know he was a preacher. <laughs> but now that we know... We're trying to use them from time to time. So uh, come on, Brother Dodd. We appreciate you come. Just obey the Lord here. here. Greetings to you all in Jesus' name again. Always a privilege and benefit to to be here. Uh, Always grateful to just kind of slow down and find our way back home. Amen. 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 Let's turn to the book of Psalms tonight. Psalms 137. Psalms 137. When you find it, would you stand for the reading of God's word, please? Psalms 137, starting with verse 1. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof, for there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth, if I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. Remember, O Lord, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem, who said, Raise it, raise it, even to the foundation thereof. O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed, happy shall he be that rewardeth thee as thou hast served us. Happy shall he be that taketh and dasheth thy little ones against the stones. Pastor, would you pray for the message, please? Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for your many blessings. We thank the Lord for this opportunity, and we pray, Lord, that you would anoint the minister here tonight to bring forth the word that you would have us to hear. 
Go deep into our hearts. Help us to draw close unto thee, Lord, we pray. Bless and anoint him, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. I have here a fairly portion, popular portion of Scripture here. I would assume most of you have hopefully have either read it and probably have heard it uh, preached on a few times. At least I know I have. But we see where uh, the nation of Israel again finds themselves in captivity. They find themselves by the rivers of Babylon and they sat down and the Bible says they wept when we remembered Zion. It says they hung their harps upon the willows in the midst thereof and they were carried away those that carried us away captive said they required of us a song. That we wasted us required of mercy, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. Their response was, How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? He said, If I forget thee, Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning, or let my right hand forget all of her work and her abilities to produce income for me. If I not remember thee, if I don't remember you, Jerusalem, he said, let the tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I don't prefer Jerusalem above my chief joys. If I don't prefer Jerusalem above everything that I love to do. Everything when I wake up in the morning time and I, I think of this or that, I must prefer Jerusalem above all things. And if I ever get to a place to I, I put Jerusalem as second fiddle, if you will, he said, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth that I no longer can sing, that I no longer can talk, that I no longer can do anything but remember that which I've been purged from. In the conclusion there, we see where the prophet gives a curse to the city of Babylon. He says, remember, O Lord, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem, who said, raise it, raise it, or, or bring to the base, even to the foundation, destroy the city. He said, O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed, happy shall he be that rewardeth thee as thou hast served us. Happy shall he be that taketh and dasheth thy little ones against the stones. The cruelties of Babylon had dried away their tears. And it made their hearts burn with wrath because they can no longer have tears over lost loved ones. They no longer had tears over the, the fierce opposition of war or the pain of war. They no longer had tears over being captivated or captive by the enemy. They had lost all sense of emotions. They had lost all desire concerning their enemy. Those things that were of the past, they called them in the future. They no longer remember those things, but all they could remember was Zion. All they could remember was Jerusalem. All they could remember was the, the, the prophets of God and the temple of God and the palace of Jerusalem and the things of God, the seekings and the worships and the temple and the ark of the covenant. All these things continue to run across their mind to where they had no more tears for all those other things. And as they sit and remember these things, as they remember the times of worship in the temple, as they remember the times in which God was always faithful. Do you hear me tonight? God was always faithful. The only time the 
nation of Israel or Judah found themselves in a place of defeat was when they found themselves turning away from God and trying to figure things out on their own ability. But beloved, as long as those people found themselves clinging to the, the Lord Jesus Christ, as long as they found themselves clinging to Jehovah, He never left them and He never forsook them and He was always faithful unto them and every, every battle brought forth a victory. It didn't matter if they was outnumbered. It didn't matter if they had greater weapons of warfare. It didn't matter if the sea was to their back and the enemies were to the north and south and east. Jesus Christ the Father, He always made a way of escape for His people. And this is what was going through their mind. These are the things as they sit there by the river of Babylon desiring that God would redeem them once more. They probably reminded themselves of the time He provided manna from heaven, water from the rocks. He split the seas. He brought them into the land of Canaan. I can only imagine, beloved, the testimonies of Grandpa, the testimonies of Dad, the testimonies of Mama. And these little children, they sat there, no doubt, with amazement. By now, all they've known is captivity. They don't know the God in which they speak of. It's only a testimony of what took place in the past. Jerusalem, it was the center of their national life. It was the palace of the great king. And as they begin to consider these things, it stirs something within them that brings tears. We sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. Strong men wept. Mighty men of war wept. Mothers of Israel wept. Children looking around and not understanding what was going on. They found themselves weeping when we remembered Israel and all the glory that God had imparted unto his people. Zion, the place of rest. Zion, the place of safety. Zion, the place of comfort. Zion, the place of peace. Zion, the place of power. Zion, the place of victory. Zion was the place of Jehovah. And this is what they lacked. This is what they found themselves without. I'm sure they said there. And Brother Todd, I can only imagine. They remember their mistakes. They seen when they went off the right path. They seen when they stepped outside of that straight and narrow way. But at this point, there's nothing they can do. At this point, they were captive. At this point, they had no weapons of warfare. At this point, all they had was their hearts. They no longer can play the songs of Zion. Not because the tears brought were not because of war. The tears that were brought were not because of the dead loved ones. The tears that were brought were not because of uh, this prestigious power that they once had. But the tears came forward because of the grief of their sins. So they took their harp. I'll be careful. They take their harp 
upon the willow. And there it sits. Oh, nicely taken care of. Finely tuned. But they can't touch it. It hangs upon the willows. And in my mind, it's probably a weeping willow. They no longer can sing these songs until maybe one day they are able to play once more. Oh, I would and wish to God that somebody would find ourselves weeping over our sins again. I would to God that the United States of America, in the state of Georgia, in the little town of Brooklyn, that God would find somebody weeping over their sins again. We find ourselves in a state and in a country where the televangelist just says everything's about you and everything's about your prosperity and everything's about your benefit. Beloved, I'm tired. I pray God would stir our hearts and stir our minds and when he tells us and convicts us of our sin that we find ourselves weeping once again. A very, very sad picture. Israel, a once beatable, unbeatable nation. The nation that had the hand of God. Brought them out of the land of Egypt. Led them by a cloud by day and a fire by night. Now sits upon the rivers of Babylon and weeps. In captivity. Who would have ever thought? Who would have ever thought? They begin to taunt them. You see, they were very well known for their singing. Yeah. Their singing was kind of famed across the country. And they begin to taunt them and ask them to come and play songs for our heathen worship. The reply is there is no song where there is no temple. There is no song where there is no king. There is no song where there is no nation. There will never ever be a song where there is no Jerusalem. They were known for their singing. They were known for their beautiful instrument playing. But however they found themselves and they said, How shall we sing? the Lord's song in a strange land. And he goes on to say, if I forget thee, Lord, if I forget Jerusalem, let my right hand be severed. If I forget Jerusalem, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. Was that important to him? And he has a prayer of hope. In her prayer of uh, judgment of hope, I guess. He says, remember them. He curses them. This is what they did to us, O Babylon, who art to be destroyed. Reward thee as thou hast served us. And he concludes that little song. What a picture of the church today. We, like Israel, are strangers in a strange land. We see where the church is today compared to where it used to be yesterday. We see a church that was often full of morals, good morals. My parents, I don't know what, or my grandparents, I'm not sure what they were exactly. I know they got offended out of the Baptist church before I was born and never went back. So I conclude that they were not walking with God because of that. But yet they had good morals about them. They paid their bills. They loved each other best as their grandson could tell. 
They walked according to their integrity and their dignity. They were good moral people even without Christ. Not today. Not today within the church. Not today. We see the church of yesterday used to preach a message of holiness and purity and righteousness, but not today. We see the church of yesterday used to preach a, a message of purity and abstain from those things that are evil, but not today. We see with the church at one time used to preach against sin. And if you were Pentecost or Church of God or Independent or Methodist or Baptist or Presbyterian, they preached against sin because they knew it was sin that severed mankind from God. But not today. We find ourselves being discouraged. We find ourselves being complacent. We find ourselves sitting on the shores of do nothing and playing that song. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen and nobody knows my sorrow. It's all about me. We become a religion about you. We become a religion about your. We see all the songs they sing in contemporary Christianity music and we see it's all about me. Lord, help me through this night. God help me through this financial difficulty. God help me. Help me. We see we're write books by the dozens. It's all about your life. Have your best life. Have your will of God. It's all about the individual. But beloved, let me tell you, it's not about you. And it's not about me. But it is about him. And it's time we remember Zion once again. And get off the shores of the and say, God, thou art my keeper, thou art my helper, thou art my strength, and I will pick up my heart once again. We allow the enemy to intimidate us, and we have hung our harps upon the willows and refused to sing the songs of Zion. We come to church, we got our harps in our hands, and we're ready to sing the songs of Zion. We're not ashamed. We're not bashful. We're coming inside the house of God. And we've got our hearts ready. And we're ready to sit down. But somehow we cross those doors. We step inside the sanctuary. And the old sleuth foot, Satan himself, begins to remind us of all our failures. Reminds of all our mishaps. Reminds of all the things that we've done through the year. And instead of keep on walking, we check out our heart right by the front door and we keep on coming with our head dipped low and our tail stuck between our legs and we sit back and wonder oh God is there any help for me oh God is there any help for me and we wonder is God going to teach me is God going to help me is God going to make a way for me today oh not about his business Instead of coming, I'm not talking about empty praise. Yeah. I'm not talking about a praise that's lifeless and without a work of Christ in their heart. Yeah. The work of God in my heart brings forth the sacrifice of praise yeah. through my lips. Yeah. Oh, but we find ourselves beloved. We find ourselves in that place of difficulty. We find ourselves where the enemy reminds us of everything that we have failed to do. And we think there is no hope. And we think there is no help. But I can tell you tonight that hope is right around the corner. I'm here to tell you tonight that your help 
life is on the way. I'm here to tell you tonight to pick up your heart, child of God, and worship God in the beauty of holiness. Pick up your heart, child of God, and love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. You think God is blind? You think God is dumb? You think God is deaf? He sees your problems. He sees your difficulties. He sees your failures. Ain't nothing taking him by surprise. God, he wants you to walk through them. He wants you to walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil because his rod and his staff are going to comfort thee. We're going to keep thee. We're going to allow you to do all things through Christ, which is your strength. When you hang your heart upon the willow, it's like a soldier going to the front lines and taking his M16 and setting it down. It's like a Marine that takes out that knife and sets it down. It's like the Apache helicopter pilot that's got the blindfold on and he can't even see. Death, ruin, and destruction is sure to follow those men. This is a real war. There are real casualties. There are real devils and demons that seek him out whom he may devour. He longs to see you. He longs to take you. He longs to snatch your victory. He longs to continue to intimidate you and convince you that you will never make it around here. He wants to convince you that you'll never be any good. And you'll always be such and such and so and so. But I love it out here to let you know that I was and still am a such and such and a so and so. And God worked in my heart. Why do we allow him to defeat us? Because you see, Israel was an unbeatable nation. Think about that. We think America's bad and tough. And we used to be. I hope we still are. Time will tell. Not compared to Israel. They didn't have all the advances in technology with their day. All they had was the power of God. Unbeatable. Didn't matter how big Goliath was, unbeatable. Didn't matter how many they were three to one, they were unbeatable. Didn't matter if their backs were to the wall, they were unbeatable. Why? Again, because they always kept him in their forefront. They always looked at him. They always ran to the prophet and say, what shall we do? And the prophet says, do thus and thus. And when they did thus and thus, victory was sure to come. Victory was right down the road, Brother Robert. It didn't matter how big, how big, how great or how small. God would guarantee the victory to those that love him and pursue him and watch after him. Do you not know tonight that Jesus Christ has made a way of escape for you? Do you not know tonight it does not matter how hard your life may be. It doesn't matter how long it seems to have taken. Jesus Christ has and always will make a way of escape for those that love him. 
for those that persist, for those that have their hearts in their hands. Yeah. Psalm 16, 8 and 9 says, I have set the Lord always before me because He is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh shall also rest in hope. Did you hear that? He is at my right hand. Do you have a right hand man, brother? You do. You can depend on him. You can look to him. If you need something done, you probably go to him. If you can't, you find another one. That right hand man is somebody we can depend on through thick and thin. That right hand man is one that'll step inside of the bullet and take a bullet for him. He said that he is at my right hand. Why should I fear? Why should I be discouraged? Why should I allow the enemy to play mind games with me? I am more than an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror. And God will always make a way. And therefore, my heart is glad. My glory rejoices. And my flesh shall rest. What Paul say? In Galatians, the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. Yes, My flesh shall rest. Yeah. That's where your battles are, beloved. Right. In the flesh. Amen. You know, we don't sin when we walk in the Spirit. When we're walking in the Spirit, we just don't sin. But when we step outside of the Spirit and begin to walk in the flesh, that's when the works of the flesh become manifest. That's when those things that we ought not to do always find ourselves doing. And Jesus said, what Paul and David said, that if we will look to Him and trust in Him, our flesh, our body can rest. Why? Because He just gave us the victory? No. Because we don't have any trials? No. But because we can walk through the valley. We can walk through the fire. We can walk through the temptation. We can walk through the trouble. We can walk through the death. We can walk through the problem. It doesn't matter what they are. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter how long that old besetting sin has a hold of me. He said, My flesh can rest in this hope. Psalms 31 and 24 says, Be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. All ye that hope in the Lord. Yeah. You get discouraged? Oh, yeah. He won't strengthen you then. Right. That's what the scriptures say. Be of good courage. Yeah. Not discouraged. Right. You don't know why you're weak and weary? You're allowing discouragement. To enter into your heart, into your mind. He said, be of good courage. This is a promise. This is one of those therefores. He says something and therefore it shall happen. Be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. All of ye that hope in the Lord. All of those that are good courage, they will 
find themselves playing their harps. They will find themselves worshiping God. They will find themselves in a state where nothing matters except living and loving Him who saveth my soul. Let me clarify something right here. I get it that we're not looking for just a bunch of empty charismatic stuff. But we just come in and it doesn't matter what we're living or what sin we're involved in. We just come in and lift our hands and praise the Lord and act like nothing's going on. That's not what he's saying to church. He's saying those of you that will trust me with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. Those of you that will look to me and not to the arm of the flesh. Those of you that will not allow the world to come in and corrupt your heart and corrupt your mind. Jesus Christ, the one that died for you and the one that died for me, he was with sin, with temptation, but without sin. He didn't get excluded from all the trials of life. He didn't get excluded from all the temptations of life. But he walked perfectly before God. And he was yet without sin. He's looking for those men and for those women that will say, Hey, Lord, even if I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm going to fear no evil. And I'm going to play my heart with everything that's within me. I'm going to play my heart in the midst of difficulties. Play my heart in the difficulties of life every day. When we set that heart down, there's really no magic there. No. Old piece of wood, some strings, a little bit of metal. Today's sinner's probably a little plastic. No magic there. But the Lord knows the first thing we do when discouragement, you know, I know. When discouragement comes in and Satan begins to beat us up, the first thing we do is let our heart down. There's no magic in that. But after we lay that heart down, we forget to recognize who's in control of our life. We begin to recognize who God is. We begin to recognize that He is sovereign. And He directs my footsteps. He guides my path. There's some days I don't like it. There's some days I wish He'd put me on another path. But one thing I do know, my trust is not in the arm of the flesh. My trust is not in my abilities. My trust is not in what somebody can tell me or do for me. But other my trust is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I will seek Him. And I will pursue Him. And with all of my heart, all of my mind, all of my soul, and all of my strength, I will play the song to Zion till the day I die. You may say I play a slow song. I may play a fast song. I may sing a cappella. But beloved, I never lose my soul. Psalms 43 and 5. Let me flip over there. Psalms 43. 
Let's do four and five. Then when I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceedingly joy, yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. Listen to what he's saying right there before we move on. You know, in his place of restoring the temple, his promise to serve God joyfully, his encouragement to his own soul to trust in God throughout this short psalm. He says, after all that, then will I go to the altar of God. The altar of God. Here's that altar of God, beloved. You may have one in your house, and if you don't, you ought to. There's many altars in many places, and this is just one of many altars, I pray, that you have inside of your life, but if you don't have an altar at home, if you don't have a call that you run to, if you don't have a hickory tree or an oak tree you run to in your time of trouble, if you don't have an office or a corner or something, a tractor, a truck, or maybe even a car that you run to in your time of desperation, if you don't have a personal altar, beloved, this is your only help right here. He said, I go, I go unto the altar of God, unto God with exceedingly joy. And upon my harp, David had his harp. Upon my harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. And with my sin, to Bathsheba, I came to the altar. In my failures as a king, I came to the altar. In my lies and my hypocrisies, I came to the altar. And when I came to the altar, I didn't try to justify myself. I didn't try to make me something I really wasn't. And I was like Jacob. And I came before God and said, Lord, it's me. I'm undone and I'm unclean. And by the help of your saving grace, I'll do better next time. A righteous man falls seven times, but he rises again. But the wicked falls into mischief. He said, I went to God. I went to my altar with my harp in my hand. And I sang the songs of Zion. And I will praise thee. And he asked the question, Why art thou cast down? Ask yourself that question just in your head, not out loud. Why are you, why am I cast down? Yeah. Well, I, let me tell you, I can't. It don't matter. But Brother Dodge, you know, I, I got a list too. Yeah. I got a bunch of disappointments too. Yeah. I got a bunch of failures too. I got a bunch of heartaches too. I got a bunch of things that I, I sold years ago. And I'm still reaping at the age of 50. I wish I hadn't sold that old wild seed back there. But beloved, you just can't get rid of the seed or the weed. It just continues to grow. You can pluck and you can pluck. And you can kind of keep that thing to a, a good state. But you don't watch how. If you get your eyes off, that old weed will wrap around your legs. Get around your hip. Bind your arms. Bind your heart. You drop your heart. They won't even know it. And you'll find yourself confused and delusioned. It's speaking inside your head and inside your mind. Amen. Why are you cast down? It's a fair question. When God has made a way of escape for you. Yes. Do you hear me tonight? God is 
nobody made it out the front door except one. They was in the restroom and they found themselves out in the restroom and they see everybody gone. They place, they'll see the place is filled with smoke. They feel the heat as the flames are engulfing the building and the door's right behind him. It might even be wide open. It might be there with a, a jingle of a handle and it would open. Yet they get so fearful. They get so disturbed. They begin to freeze up and they can't seem to move. He's saying, I made a way. I made a way for you. Just turn around and look. Just trust me. Just pray. Just look unto me. Oh, ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But yet you find yourself so perplexed by the situation that it consumes you and you die. Why are you cast down? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God. Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him who is what? The health of what? My countenance. <laughs> He's the health of my smile. He's the health of me feeling good every morning. He's the health. And we say, well, praise God, I'm going along with Jesus just the same. You don't matter what the problems are. You don't matter what the challenges are. You don't matter the fears that try to grip my heart. I'm going on with Jesus just the same. You can rock me. You can lie about me. They can persecute me. They can beat me up. But I'm going on with my Jesus just the same. I tell you what, that type of hope inside of God, it will affect your countenance. You'll walk around. And they'll look at you and say, brother, what's wrong with you? Don't you understand that you're going through a hard time? Yes, I know. I'm going through a hard time. But one thing I do know, I'm going on with my Jesus just the same. They can do whatever they like to, but I'm going on with Jesus. They can buy me and purchase me, but I'm going on with Jesus. It's the health of your countenance. I used to tell my, my youngins, Oh, no, Daddy, I didn't do that. Sure you did. Your countenance tells on you. You don't have to lie to me. I already know. Right. Your countenance ever told on you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Why? Why are you cast down? How shall you praise him? I'll continue to play my harp. Though the world grows more wicked. Why do we sit along the shores of despair when God wants to sit in heavenly places? Ephesians 2 and 6 says, He made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He made you sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How many of you have been born again? Just lift your hand real quick. Real quick. Your head up. Set it back down. And you remember that day when all your sins was washed away. You remember that day when you went down a sinner. But beloved, you came up a saint. You didn't know what happened. You couldn't explain it theologically. You didn't know how to express yourself to those. But one thing you did know, that God had met you at that altar of repentance. It's at that place that he took you, brother. And he set you up in a heavenly place. And you sat there with the Father and the Son. 
all the saints of God and begin to worship and glory Him who is worthy. Where have you fell from that place? God put you there. He made us sit together in heavenly places. He wants you to soar with the eagles. But I'm afraid some of us are content with roosting with the turkeys. You know, a turkey can fly. You get a good old pine tree, I don't know, 60, 70, 80 feet. Had 15 of them in my yard this morning that flew down from the tree and was milling around the yard there. They thought they was something, man. I can only imagine. They probably were compared to what we could do, but they, I imagine they slept up there and they just looked around and they could see a wonderful, I ran upstairs to the upstairs window when they flew down, which is only probably 20 feet or so, if that. And I looked down and I thought I had a better view. But they had a wonderful view. I'm sure they could look across. They could see if there's any coyotes or any dogs or any people. They knew right where to come down. And that seemed to be pretty good. But you know what? Turkey's still a turkey. It don't matter what brand or what flavor. A turkey is still a turkey, beloved. And if you're content with hanging out with the turkeys in your life, if you're content with hanging out with the turkeys as you work Singing their songs they do, pumping the junk they do, living the life they do, watching what they watch, speaking how they speak, listening to the world and music like they listen to. But of it all you will ever have is a roosted turkey when God wants you to rise up like the eagle. God wants you to soar like the eagle. God has a spot for you. And he wants you to pick up that harp. Yes. And sing yes. with everything yeah. that is within you. Amen. Four times in the book of Acts is recorded that Paul was held in question in regards to the hope of the resurrection. Four times they wanted to kill him for this. But it didn't change him. 2 Corinthians 11 says this. Paul speaking. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prison, more frequent. In deaths, often. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Three times was I beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day have I been in the deep or the ocean. In journeys often, in perils of water, perils of robbers, perils of my own countrymen, perils by the heathen, perils of the city, perils of the wilderness, perils of the sea, among false brethren, and weariness and painfulness and watchings, often hunger and thirst and fastings, often in cold and nakedness, and beside all these things, the care of all the churches. As I've read Paul over the last... 30 years in my walk with God. I never found where he hung his heart up, brother. I never found where he either looked at those widows and even took a second thought. But what I do found or find is he just played a little louder. 
right. His difficulties made him play a little sweeter. Yeah. Though death would come past him, history says that he ran to the chopping block. Yeah. I can only imagine in his spiritual man, he had his harp in his hand and he was playing the songs of Zion and he found himself even to the point of death. He said, I will fear no death from his slate up for me as a crown and a crown of righteousness. For I've run my race with patience. I've been faithful unto the end. Therefore, I'm not ashamed of death. I'm not ashamed of what God has allowed me to come my way. And I will trust Him. And I will love Him. And I will always play my heart for Him. What has you cast down tonight? Proverbs 10 and 28 says, The hope of the righteous shall be gladness. The hope of the righteous shall not be mourning. It won't be defeat. It won't be sadness. It won't be complaining. It won't be complacentness. But the hope, the hope of you, beloved, the hope of me, the hope of the righteous shall be gladness. Look at David. Second Samuel. I think I have it here. I do. Second Samuel 6 14. We know the story. I'm going to read it a second time. We know David. He's been having a difficulty here with the Ark of the Covenant. Just lost him. what he thought was good men trying to bring the Ark back. And finally he sees where the Ark was a, a blessing and not a curse. He just messed up. And he finds himself bringing the Ark back into the house of God. To the place to where it once was supposed to be. And it says the glory of the Lord. And go so many steps and offer a sacrifice. I don't know how old it went exactly except what we read. We can add live here then but regardless it was a glorious time. And a glorious day for the nation of Israel. That ark that had been stolen, that ark that had been taken away, the harp, if you will, had been taken from the nation of Israel. But now we see David as he goes so many steps. The Bible says he danced and rejoiced before the Lord. He stripped off his royal garments. He stripped off those things that recognized him as king. And he said, I'm just one of the people. I'm just one of the people. I'm not worthy to be a king. He's the king. He's the one we look to. In which our help is coming from. Amen. 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 Oh, wonderful life he is. <laughs> we look at there. If David comes in, you have to good camp meeting. Man, God moved every night. I'm just excited. God working in my heart, working in my soul, moving upon the people. We come, we want to sit down and talk with our lovely wife about it. I can only imagine he sit there trying to uh, begin to testify. I assume he didn't know she was looking. And says, oh, look at you, King David. My words, what a fool that would like. What do you mean, honey? Uncovered yourself. Made yourself as one of the common folk. He said, honey, 
He ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> you think I was vile back then? Just hold on. Before I serve God, I'm not going to lay my heart down for you. I'm not going to lay my heart down for them. I'm not going to lay my heart down for this world. I'm not going to lay my heart down for this old workplace. I'm not going to lay my heart down for any politician or any backslidden preacher. But beloved, I'm going to grab my heart and say, Hallelujah, you ain't seen nothing yet. You think I was foul back then. I'm going to be even more foul the next time I stand before God. I'll cast my front crown. I'll shed my robe because he is worthy. You must have this mindset. Control who you are. Right. And who you become. Yeah. Where's your heart at tonight? Right. Amen. Where's your heart at? Yes. Tonight. I say, well, I don't know what to say. I don't know. How does that work? How does that practically speak? How, 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 do, I, how do I pick up my heart practically? Let me help you. Romans 14, I believe, or 16. for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. What do you do when you get up in the morning? I guess some of us brush our teeth on the odor. That's a good thing. I appreciate that. Especially if you don't see me sometime that day. What else you do? Put your clothes on. You put on your shirt. You put on your breeches. You put on your skirt or dress. <clears throat> you put on some food. Probably check the news. See what happened that night. Check your emails. What else you do? Oh, well, brother, you know, I can pray anytime. How's that working out for you? I can pray in the afternoon, or I can pray when I'm in the deer stand. I used to say those things too. He said, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Why do you put him on? So that you will not make a provision for your flesh. You want your flesh to rest in his hope as he gave us that promise? Then he said, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. When you wake up in the morning, get out on your knees and pray. When you wake up in the morning, find your word and consume your word every day. Yeah. Amen. It simply means this right here. I'm going to put on 
the Lord Jesus Christ every day of my life. Why? Because it's the only thing that can control this flesh. It's the only thing that can keep me sane. It's the only thing that can keep my heart inside of my head. It's the only thing that's going to make me love my wife. It's the only thing that's going to make me good to you. It's the only thing that allow God to speak to me and speak to you when I put on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you think you'll catch it at lunchtime, or dinner time, or bedtime, you're fooling yourself. I speak from experience. You're fooling yourself. You must put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you do these things, when you find yourself clothing yourself in prayer, bathing yourself in the Word, being washed by the water of the Word of God, it cleanses you. It fixes those messed up thoughts. It fixes that broken heart. It fixes those weak emotions. It fixes those things that mommy and daddy couldn't fix. It fixes those things that husband and wife struggle with. It fixes those things that those children would say, like, hmm, I wonder if mom and daddy is a hypocrite. It fixes those things when we're walking outside in town, wherever we may be, and they look at us. I hope and pray they're seeing Jesus. I hope and pray. They say Jesus Christ over and over and over again. I don't care if Brother Robert or Brother Sister Sheila or any other rest of you. I pray and trust that they see Jesus Christ in you and he put him on in that morning. I guarantee you, he'll go with you all the way, even under the valley of the shadow of hell. Where's your heart at tonight? <coughs> Come to the piano, piano, please. Sit the sheet Where's your heart tonight? Have you left it somewhere? Did you bring it with you tonight? Or is it right there on your bookshelf next to your dusty Bible? Where's your heart tonight? Church. Did you leave it hanging at the door? In the car? In the van? In the truck? Because Satan tried to mess with your head. And say you'll never be anything. You'll never be nothing. Where is your heart? Is it close by your side? We can grab it and play it at a moment's notice. Where is your heart? Yes.
Are you discouraged? Where's your heart? Are you cast down? Where's your heart? Are you beat up? Where's your heart? Are you fearful of tomorrow? Where's your heart? Are you fearful of COVID? Where's your heart? Are you fearful of the state of our country and the politicians that run it? Where's your heart? Are you fearful to even step outside your home sometimes? Where's your heart? Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus tonight. Asking you, Lord, to speak to your people. Asking you, Father, that you just woo them to your side. I didn't come here to beat them up tonight, Lord. Father, we came with a word of encouragement that all they have to do is pick up their heart. If you say, preacher, I like prayer tonight. God spoke to me and he's dealt with me specifically. And I like prayer tonight. Could you just lift your hand? God bless you, brother. Are there others? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. God sees your hand. your heart right where you laid it down at that spot that you laid it down for whatever reason but in laying it down it's made you somebody or making you somebody you don't want to become Those that will, let's all come and pray tonight. In Jesus' name, let's gather on these altars. In Jesus' name, let's ask God to help us. Let's ask God to show us where that harp is. Then we can pick it back up. Play unto the Lord like we've never played before. Then we can sing the songs of Zion like we've never sang before. That our life would produce a melody of perfume and sweetness 
that our life would produce a song of glory that all those around us would see and recognize that there's something different about that beloved individual. I wish they'd sing that song. Oh, that our song would be so sweet, beloved, that it would be famed across the country. The testimony in which we have, in which we hold. Father, in the name of Jesus, go ahead and sing, God's. In the name of Jesus, touch your feet. Thank you. 